Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. On this week's episode, the guys go over what the housing market could look like for sellers and buyers if the Fed lowers their rates in 2024, all while enjoying Old Elk blended straight bourbon whiskey. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. My name is Charlie Sardelli, and as always, I am here with Jameson Amaros, Oscar Ibarra, the fearless trio over here. And guys, we are with uh, on YouTube at Living in Colorado with a mile high perspective, just three Colorado realtors that love bourbon and want you guys just get in on the conversations we have around real estate because we can help you out a little bit. Yeah, and it changes so goddamn fast. It's so fast. So I mean, fast. one article drops like we're going to talk about today. And everything goes crazy. What's the, Whiplash. What's the uh, Whiplash? <laughs> the scene from Batman. Uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah everybody just goes insane. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of. You know what? I've never seen that Batman. What? What? I've the never seen that Batman. What are you We're doing? stopping the podcast. I've and never Oscar's, seen Oscar's that Batman. Oscar's gonna go that, watch that. Wow. That that Batman I've never seen. I've seen. You've all never of seen the rest Heath Ledger as the Joker. I've never seen Bro. It. I, I, I know the story and what happened. No, but it, is, it is the greatest performance yeah, yeah, of hands, all time. Hands because down. I always said greatest the, be, performance the best Joker is... Um, Mark Hamill. No, uh, what's his name? The the singer. He does um, that one movie. Jared Leto? Uh, Jared Leto? Yeah. Uh, Leto's a great Joker. Oh, Jesus. You got it. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, we, you got, yeah this you is almost as bad as Charlie not knowing what <laughs> Reign of Fire was. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, Oscar, you got All right, Oscar's got homework. Yeah, I got Oscar's homework. Got you homework. got homework. Well, guys, like I said, we, we like to drink bourbon on this podcast. And if you're just tuning in, you're actually on the last week of our Old Elk series. Old Elk was uh, nice enough to send us a couple bottles to test out and review for them. So keep an eye out. We're going to post some videos yep. uh, from Which those one podcasts. Is this one? So this one that we're drinking today is Old Elk's uh, straight bourbon whiskey. Straight, what is it? Straight blended bourbon whiskey? Blended straight bourbon whiskey blended straight bourbon whiskey now okay. what's cool about this one what is straight yeah blended so what's really cool about this about this bottle is that it is very malted rye heavy hmm. i have not sh yes exactly jameson said it should be sweet i have never seen something like this it's a dark it, looks it, dark it, it is dark bottle. right um it makes sense as to how it could be a rye but with with old elk this one is aged four years um but this is the, this is the, what was that? Oh, yeah. I can't pour left-handed. <laughs> I, can't, so I can't pour, period. I got tennis elbow right now. Sorry, guys. Um, Sorry, so, Charlie. No, you're fine. So this, uh, this bottle is 88 proof. So a mm. little bit lower um, in the alcohol than, than we have had from them. <laughs> Jameson said 88 proof. Let me <laughs> pour, pour, pour myself a little bit more. <laughs> um, so the mash bill on this is 51% corn, 34% malted barley, and 15% rye. Just to give you guys an idea. All the other old elks that we've tried have only been three or four percent malted rye. Right. Right. Um, so you're saying 34? 34 percent. So four times more than traditional. So this mash should taste like a goddamn brownie. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Right. It, it should be sweet. It should be should be um, kind of. I have the tasting notes here again, and and like it is dark. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I want to say thank you to Old Elk um, for for sponsoring us, bringing us, let us review their bottles. Um, I really like the drinkability of, 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 of mm -hmm. all the ones that I've tasted. So hopefully yeah. we end on a strong note. Well, and I, and I like this one. So this one, just to give a little bit of background of it, like I said, Old Elk, and, and we've, we've talked about it regularly. Glass? I thought, it, I thought but, this had like, I think like it's some, like some cleaning. Like design on I it. I think it's hard water. <laughs> hard water? It's hard water. Yeah. It looks like hard freaking, <laughs> I can scrape it off on the outside. Okay, but we're good. Um, we're so with this one. Die. The, this specific bottle, the the um, blended straight whiskey, 
It actually won 2018 gold in the San Francisco World Spirits. And then in 2020, it won gold best Colorado whiskey and 2020 gold international whiskey competition. Nice. So going, you know, and obviously this is still by the same distiller that we've talked about over 25 years of mm -hmm. experience. All that stuff plays into this. Um, and they actually, I, I was looking into it a little bit more. And this distiller came from one of the largest distilleries, which is NGP. And they distill for over 50 different bourbon companies across the country. So not only does he have that experience, but he has the experience of experience. Like he came from one of the right. main places, um, which, is, which is pretty cool. But I'm, I'm excited to, to kind of put this one on a taste, uh, on a taste challenge almost, mm -hmm. because I've never had anything that touted itself as a high malted barley. You know, like we see high rye, we see weeded, we see, um, you know, straight, straight whiskey, straight bourbon, whatever it is. But this one still maintains 51% corn. So on the nose, what are you guys getting? Zero burn. Dough. Yeah. Kind I'm getting doughy. like cookie dough. I'm getting very, very sweet. Yeah. It's like doughy. a salted caramel. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I can't get past it. It's, it's a very doughy, floury. Yep. Yep. And just so everybody knows, so, so when you hear malted barley, really all they're doing is they're taking barley and they're soaking it in water. Mm -hmm. um, and then they put it through a heat test, basically, where they put it up to, I think it's at 120 degrees Fahrenheit. And what that does is that just locks in everything in the barley. So yep. it, it, just, it basically, like, think about it as a way of, like, flash freezing the flavors mm -hmm. in a way. Um, it's how you get fresh sushi in Colorado. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so catch that fish, throw that bitch on ice, truck it across the country. Right. Exactly. Well, they don't catch it at the plat. Huh? There's a couple, the there's a couple, you know, uh, tuna schools of fish. At <laughs> I'd be very, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be, I'm excited to, to smell JC's glass from yeah. the, at the end, especially because I feel like as this opens, it's only going to get sweeter. I, I can't get past it. It smells like raw dough to me. Yeah. And, which is not a bad thing. I just... Um, I'm definitely... It's subtle, but I'm definitely getting that that caramel and... Caramel. A little bit of, little bit of vanilla. A <laughs> little bit of vanilla. Yeah, I got the salted caramel, caramel, vanilla, I'm almost, dough. Almost... The, the dough mm. is almost like right there, like married with the wood mm -hmm. in, the, in the nose for me. No, you know me. I'm like that movie Big Fish. Did you ever tell you when I was a baker? <laughs> That's, awesome. That's why I'm smelling the dough. My uncle owned a bakery uh, in Commerce nice. City for many years, and I, okay. I'd go in there and help out. How about summers. A I was okay. I was a kid in summers. I feel like this is going to be thicker than a Snickers. Learn how to thicker make bread. than a Snickers. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, I already tasted it, so I'm going to wait till okay. you guys. Okay. All right. I mean, just thanks for waiting for the cheers. I thought that's what we were doing, man. I, I, you know what? I'm Unreal. a little off today. It's Unbelievable. Okay. All right, let's well, just. I, I left the house yeah, early, cheers. and I'm here. And I, I actually got here early. And... <laughs> cheers. Also, this table is so I know, right? <laughs> if you guys didn't realize, our, our table has changed. We've had yeah. some changes yeah. coming at the end. Uh, There's a Grand Theft Auto. We showed up, so, and the table wasn't here. We're like, wait, what's missing? So, so welcome to our setup table here that we will get things figured Frankenstein. out. Frankenstein. <laughs> um, all right. Sorry. I'm going to go ahead and take this out. Mm. All right. I don't, I don't know about you guys. I just got a kicked in the back of the throat with chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. It's heavy. Chocolate. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a lot of chocolate. Mm -hmm. 
I'm getting a little bit of like. There's a little bit of burn, like bl- black licorice. What's different about yeah. this burn, though, is that it's an entire mouth burn. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's not. not it was on, on the tongue and the roof of the mouth. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm getting from it. Yeah, from the start to swallow. Yep. Now, now that the first sip has gone on the first sip, obviously you get that alcohol a little bit, but like Jameson said, it jumped right to the back of my throat. Mm-hmm. Tartness, almost like a dark chocolate, mm-hmm. not not a milk chocolate, mm-hmm. a sweeter chocolate, and then. Now that dough, it's funny. I, now, right when I make that sound, have you guys ever seen the video where the guy's like, <coughs> um, you got to no. taste it? <laughs> it's all right here. But it, it definitely, I'm getting that caramel and vanilla on the back end for sure with the chocolate. Mm-hmm. I think my taste buds are off today. As we go, I'll have more. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's not, it's funny because we had the weeded mm-hmm. last week, right? And the weeded was a, was a bakery dough, was a bakery mm-hmm. sweet dough. With this, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more, I don't know the word, t- tightness, a tinge on my tongue than I did with the wheat. It's kind of still, like what you get with like anise, like star anise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like kind of that. Yeah. It's not, not a bad, bad It's It's still doughy. It definitely you know when still, you first drink um, Jägermeister, mm. kind of that. Black on the licorice. back end, though. yeah. On the yeah. back end, that that kind of like over hovering, yeah. flavor. Mm-hmm. It yeah, kind I get of the goes in that round, but the, the aftertaste back. is yeah. kind of the, yeah. is where I get the. Licorice. All right, so let's see, let's see where we let's see where we where we fell on it. So on the nose, you're supposed to get sweet vanilla and caramel, clove spice, clove. That's what I'm getting. Slight maple and nutty almond. I mean, the nutty almond and the maple for the dough i didn't get the maple as much maybe that's the wood i was tasting but it, the that sweetness kind of caramel of maple wasn't mm-hmm. there for i'm me. getting the clove and the, the clove for the sure almond. yeah clove almond and a little bit of the, the caramel just don't leave out the l it's almond almond uh, all not, we're doing this again it's not almonds so um the tasting notes maple syrup almond raw <laughs> bran go. Attaboy. What was it? Was it raw bran? Chocolate raw what? Raw bran. It just says bran. B R N. I've never, I've never ever tasted raw bran. Yeah. B R A N. Yeah, like like one word or two words. Like two, two words. scoops raw bran. The cereal. Oh. Raisin bran. Bran. Raisin bran. I yeah, like an oat. Yeah, yeah, like, like an oat. Got yep. It. Raw. Yeah, yes. raw bran. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Chocolate deep wood and this one is a deep left wood it. deep wood all right what, what is deep wood and this one is <laughs> 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 I mean, <come> on. <laughs> what's deep wood define that please this is a family show because I, I know it's a family show but i'm like oh yeah that tastes like deep wood hmm? <laughs> from the ep- from the podcast that imagine. bought you brought you creamy mouthfeel yeah, we present <laughs> deep wood now imagine. we have deep wood <laughs> Wow, this know, gives me a creamy mouthfeel with a I'm deep start word drinking flavors. vodka, man. This <laughs> bourbon shit is for the birds. They got the last flavor on the wood. taste, though. Coconut. Hmm. And you know what? Uh, now, coconut, wait, hold on. Co- co- coconut has different flavors. Now, though. hold on. Reading the coconut does sitting with it without taking a sip, sitting with it on your palate. Does that not have this little sweetness? Of that, of like coconut. I, mean, I hate coconut, so I don't. I, I mean, know. I don't have. Have you ever had coconut I've, oil? Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. kind of. Had, that, yeah, yeah. It's um, like a. Yeah. It's a light. It's a light sweet, but yeah. it's there for sure. Like it's. 
I couldn't identify. Remember, coconut oil pisses earlier. you off because you, you you taste the coconut. And yeah. You're like, where's the sweet? Where's yeah. It? Yeah. But it's oil. definitely that like, yeah. it's more of the plant side of coconut than the sweetness of co- coconut. So it's like a castaway coconut versus like, like a yeah, pina colada yeah, coconut. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Exactly. It's like exactly. raw deal. Coconut. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see how this thing opens. I, I mean, mean my first impression is it's kind of like a dessert whiskey. Yes. Like it's like the port mm-hmm. of whiskeys. Yes. And I, I would. I would. I would. You know. I mean, right out of I the I, I, right out of the bat, I definitely I'd make an Irish coffee out of this. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I would absolutely. A Manhattan. A Manhattan. I wouldn't make an old fashioned. I'd Not make an old fashioned. Too no. sweet. Manhattan. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it would lend itself you, well I to mean, an old fashioned. Sweet vermouth is sweet vermouth. Yeah. Depending on how much simple syrup you put in, it could mm. ruin. Absolutely. So, I don't think you would need any. No, I really don't. Mm-mm. Whiskey sour. No. No. See, I don't. I don't. I'm not a chocolate and sour. Like, if you made it with egg whites, I would. I would do it in a whiskey sour. A flip. Yeah, yeah. I, I would do it in a whiskey yeah. sour for a sure. A flip would be good with this. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't do it just with you know like a like sweet and sour and, mm-hmm. and whiskey. As it sits, you could smell more of the yeah, yeah. of the sweet. Okay. The chocolate. Interesting. Yeah, the, the coconuts the, throw me off, but I also I'm not a coconut fan, so it's it, but it's I think subtle. it's because I haven't. No, I know what I'm yeah. saying is like because I don't. Eat it. Partake mm-hmm. in coconut, even though it's legal everywhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, for me, it was always a texture thing because I think almond joys, and they always what joys? had this, almond <laughs> joys. Sorry, almond <laughs> joys, and uh, they always had like the coconut in it was always like the stringy yeah. coconut. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't like the stringy. No. Coconut. Like yeah, we were in, we were in Jamaica. I like almond like joys. Like five years ago, stuff. and yeah. I had you know they give you the coconuts and you drink out of them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like coconut water, like. To me, it tastes like I'm drinking lotion, and I just don't, I don't know, like watered-down lotion. I don't like it. It's an acquired uh, taste. It is. I, it is. Now, it I is. like coconut water, but it took me a while. I, I like, like the pulpy one. I'll yeah. drink a pina colada. How the hell does it turn kind of gelatinous? Yeah. I don't understand I'll, that part. Exactly. I mean, I'll drink a pina colada every now and then. <laughs> Jameson's over here like, coconuts are just weird. I don't <laughs> like them. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, if you like coconuts, yeah. you're not my friend. Yeah. I don't, I don't, oh, somebody's like, hey, you I know hate what? coconuts. Does that palm tree have balls? I want to eat one of those. Let me go <laughs> chop it off. Let me go castrate this tree. <laughs> see what's inside. <laughs> then take 30 minutes to open it. Exactly. Like, you don't, there's nothing on this planet to drink that you have to work harder for. And it is also very, very anticlimactic <laughs> when you actually have it. It's like, this is just... Water, but not quite water. Filtered. It's yeah. for the health benefits. It's milky water. <laughs> I'm going to go jump in my cold plunge while drinking coconut water. You should. Maybe you I'll know. just fill up the cold plunge with, with coconut, coconut water. water. Boom. That's. I don't know, though, because if it she, cools, will that, it get gelatinous? Oh, <laughs> then it, then I'm back to the lotion <laughs> aesthetic. <laughs> James is just sitting in a... In a Ice bath of lotion. Guys, I don't know Hate how I feel. because he's cold and drinking <laughs> coconut water. I don't know how it's I like feel. It, it, it filled with aloe coconut. Just like, this Jesus. isn't good. You ever seen the, the there's a, a gif, or a, like a, it was a vine, and it was the little kid covered in peanut butter, and he just goes, ah. Yep. That's how I would feel. <laughs> Jameson, how is it? Ah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Well, guys, as we as we sip through um, the, the coconut, the, the coconut, yeah, the bourbon. The um, now I can taste the coconut. God, yeah, right. Fuck, I hate this on the back. Absolutely. We're so yesterday or, or a couple days ago, um, we had a. I I I fear saying bombshell dropped, but that's what it's starting to feel like with anything that comes out around the economy or what mm-hmm. the Fed's doing with rates, because, yep. like you said, it could be you know. Dram and and yeah, rates have been going down the last three weeks, but they're still up high, right? Mm-hmm. And what we're going to talk about today is the the Fed, the federal government, the Fed uh, came out and said that they federal are, reserve, not federal, federal reserve, reserve yep. excuse me, 
Federal Reserve, <laughs> the came FBI, out yeah. and said that they are going, they expect to do four rate decreases mm -hmm. in 2024 because of how good the economy is doing. Now, Which, understand when, when he says decreases, um, sometimes it's an eighth of a point. That's, yeah, it's rate hikes decrease. versus rate hike, rate cuts. Right, yes. and that's that's trending in a positive way. Even if it drops, I mean, if the four equal one percent, yeah. I think that's healthy. Well, so we'll go and we'll get into put that. Put it this way: if you guys are, you know, obviously you get the news articles, Fed rate hikes, Fed rate cuts, whatever, and it's always measured in basis points, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll see like two hundred and seventy-five BPs. If you've ever worked with any Bips. company that 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 follows key performance indicators or KPIs from Best Buy people out there. <laughs> It's just a way to, to numerically explain what they're doing, right? So when we say they're going to potentially decrease the rates or an Oscar says it could be an eighth of a point, right? So for example, you may see that the Fed are going to cut the rate by 25 basis points. All that means, if you guys are curious, is if the federal fund rate is at a 5.75, they're going to chop off 0.25, which would bring it to a 5.5 uh, rate, essentially, mm -hmm. right? So if you see... Whatever, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because there's there's been multiple articles. Some of them are saying four rate hike or rate decreases. Some of them are saying up to six. What essentially is happening is there, the economy is showing signs of slowing when it comes to uh, inflation has come down, but the jobless claims have started to creep up a little bit. Mm -hmm. They're still low, um, and consumer spending is down. So mm -hmm. what the Fed is trying to do is they're trying to cut without needing to cut for a recession. The next year and the reason i bring up the basis points is most of the projection projection excuse me have the basis points or sorry the cuts being 275 basis points total mm -hmm. now that is going to be spread out over four or six rate hikes but at 275 basis points that's essentially 2.75 percent that they're going to want to cut so if we're at a 575 we're looking to be closer to a two by the end of next year Yep. And and so, and you got just so you guys kind of understand what we're talking. That's about. the technical verbiage for that. Yep. Um, I think um, uh, what's his name um, Warren Buffett said, one in one million person knows and understands inflation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to understand all this. What Jameson is saying is, so the way that interest rates work, they give out a, a base to everyone, and then they add to that. So prime plus mm -hmm. two. So if it does go down to two and a half, that means if it goes two, we'd, we'll be sitting in the fives, five, five and a half, which is, um, which is good because it was forecasted that in 2025, we'd be back to five, five and a half, yeah. well, and, which and is a great, I think that is a great like, rate. I feel like I have to, I have to, and for one level lower of an explanation, government do better, government make better for us. Is, is, yeah, I mean, is, it's is basically yeah. what, what yeah. it's going to come down to. And, and guys, an important note on all this, like we've talked about it. We're all feeling it. We know that, you know, we, we, we've all had these conversations where it's hard right now for everybody. But that now, is. Did you go to uh, Best Buy on Black Friday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's. Uh, yeah, no, no. But my point it. is. Did that you is, see the Target? That is. Yeah. Black Friday, yeah. they, they were pulling out the. But I'm saying that's the whole point. That's one of the key indicators yes. that we're looking for. Exactly. We're looking for people essentially to, to stop. stop spending so much money. Yes. Mm -hmm. On superfluous things, mm -hmm. which is going to bring interest or sorry, inflation down, which mortgage rates follow inflation, mm -hmm. and mortgage rates follow inflation because when the Fed says, Hey, banks, if you want to borrow money from each other, 
we're going to charge you less. They then charge interest rates less on their side, and the whole thing cascades. Yes. And, and, and we're in the industry of front-running, right? Um, and when I say front-running— Lagging and front-running. It's well, kind of funny, actually. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, we feel it first, right? We are. We're the we're, tailwind for recessions, but we're the first— we're the, we're the first front runners of whatever to come cata- out of a cataclysmic yeah. thing is going to happen, mm-hmm. and, and because we're one of the highest assets that you're going to purchase, that everybody purchases. One of the highest in necessary, Nece- you right? Because you could go buy Ferraris. Correct. Not everybody's buying Ferraris. Right. Everybody, everybody, everybody deserves and can buy a home. Correct. So whenever something's going to happen, we feel it first. Mm-hmm. So if there's a turn in, let's say, the stock market, that that uh, kind of triggers something in the interest rate mm-hmm. um we used to say when the market is down the rates go down and the market's up the rates go up right and that ties into inflation and and the economy and how people are spending because the stock market is based off your spending with these companies mm-hmm. right so it's all tied in but it's just a reflection of everything there has to be a decision made to balance that by somebody well yep. and and i think the important thing to note on it too and, and you know we, we said it earlier about how reactive everybody is. Um, Sorry, there's noises in the yeah. background. It's <laughs> haunted. Uh, they, we, we talk about, you know, how, how everything changes and, mm-hmm. and moves and one article drops and everybody, you know, goes crazy kind of a thing. But just as an example, <laughs> when articles, you know, we got this information that the Fed was going to drop, right? Mm-hmm. Immediately, I got six emails from from lenders and, and, and other people going, look what's going to happen. This is, get ready, it's your time. And, and the reason that we want to talk about this and how we're going to kind of, we want to kind of guide this conversation a little bit is not only talking about what's happening and what that, what that means, but what, what it could look like for the housing market, what it could look like for you guys and why, you know, we've been saying for the whole last year, yeah, this is hard. This is the hardest it's been in the housing market for the last decade. But if you are prepared and you have the right systems to do it and you see that now with things like this happening with, with the rate hike, Hey, it's coming down. Now people are pushing, Hey, everybody has an opportunity. So Everybody who is waiting and sitting on the sidelines is now going to start to to come in. Which and, that brings me to one of my current deals. Um, one of my clients is going to go rent. I said this is probably not a good idea mm-hmm. because the forecast was a forecast, and then you're the one that actually sent me this this um, article, and uh, I called my lender and I said, hey, you need to have this conversation. So it's not just coming from me. There's going to be an influx of buyers. Mm-hmm. That's going to drive prices up, and it's going to be harder to find a home well, because we still don't have great inventory and we have inventory yep and there's some buyers and that's what's that's kind of what's going on right now but well, there is not enough inventory to say okay we have months of inventory right? well now. but and that's that's the important note here too and what i was getting at as far as like oscar said is it's going to have more buyers flood to the market absolutely but what people aren't thinking about in that in that aspect in that element is you know like it seems hard now mm-hmm. but it's hard because of the price. The second that these prices get more bearable for more people, it's going to become hard because of the sale, because of the purchase. Yeah, you're trading you're trading one hurdle for another. Mm-hmm. And I think what people aren't understanding and I'm I'm with you and I know you've gotten them too like we're, you know, I think we're at 6 weeks in a row where rates have dropped, right? Mm-hmm. Which is good and now I've on face value you're like, "Hey, this is this is great." But they dropped from 8% to 7%, mm-hmm. right? And the thing that people continue to discount, and you both just brought it up, is the inventory levels are just not there. Yep. And there was a there was a statistic that came out. We were, I was looking at the mortgage rates and uh, refinances jumped 14% week over week because we went from 7.4 down to 7.125 or whatever it is, right? 
And there's the reason they jumped is because a lot of those people are the people that bought it seven and a half, eight percent. And you start to see, you know, inflation finally hitting people's pocketbooks because let's be honest, just because the Fed stopped cutting rates, we're still not seeing people run out of money because of all the COVID relief and yeah. everything else, right? So what's happening is people go, okay, well, I can refinance and, and I their can, equity. I can, yeah, I can, uh, I can save two hundred dollars a month on my mortgage. And to a lot of Americans, like that's that's a big chunk of change. Yeah. When you talk about what we said before, I mean, the average, the average bucks is two hundred bucks. Well, man. the average American has less than a thousand dollars in their checking account at any given time. The average American out of three hundred and twenty million people, less than a thousand dollars in their checking account, less than a thousand dollars in their savings account. So two hundred dollars makes sense. If you extrapolate that, and look at the bigger picture though, refis are still down almost 3% year over year, right? So yes, rates are coming down. And then if you look at new mortgage applications, they actually went down this week. If you look year over year, because last year at this time, we were a little bit under 7%. We were like a six, seven, five, six, eight, somewhere around there. So the big picture is yes, rates are sliding. And I think the thing that we want to try and answer for people watching and listening is what do we think is going to happen? Yeah. If let's say the Fed does drop it, four to six times and rates end up in the low high fives, low sixes. What do you guys think is going to happen to the market? Right. And for and the again, buyers and for the sellers, we, we have that's to look at split it up. The, the hyper local of Colorado, right? We can't say that every market doesn't have the inventory, but here in Colorado, we don't. Um, oh, and crazy. So thank you for bringing that up. I had a comment on one of my videos uh, the other day, right? As I'm holding a bottle of whiskey, I swear to God, I'm not an alcoholic guys. And <laughs> somebody goes, Hey, we're a dual income family and I can't even afford a $200,000 house. Yep. And I go, where are you at? Abilene, Texas. Yep. Right? So in Colorado, if somebody says, I can't afford a $200,000 house, you'd be like, well, that's weird. Because our average income is much higher, especially yeah. in Douglas County or Abilene, County. I don't even know where Abilene, Texas but is. to Oscar's <laughs> point, those are some of the things that make it hyper-local, <laughs> where you, I'm also getting comments that there's still bidding wars happening yep. in, so, certain, uh, in certain well, areas, right? And, and even, let's bring it to the hyper-local. I was in a bidding war in a bidding war with escalation clauses and the purchase price, drum roll please, 900,000. And I was in a bidding war. Yep. I lost the bidding war mm -hmm. and I had escalation clauses. Yeah. And there was four offers, the house was on the market for one day. Yeah. Yep. So I think it's that's, crazy. <clears throat> that's the but, point, that's the point though, right? Is yeah. the information we give is obviously gonna be from a, a nationwide Right, so we're, we're going right? to take nationwide statistics and then kind of dissect them as we go. Yeah, because um, it's, it's important to understand And, and, and it's, it's important, you know, we, I, I, I hate to even say this, but we, we always obviously use a good agent because a good agent is going to have a handful of lenders. Mm -hmm. My lenders are my friends. I, I, they've been to my house, a lot of them. There's a few that we just have a professional uh, relationship, but some of them have good rates for this client and mm -hmm. some of them have good rates for this client. And it's our job to see what fits and give them the option. Here's three of my top lenders that I think will work for you outside of personality. You choose. This one's good because of this. This one's good because of that. I have a credit union lender that did a lot of my loans lately. Um, his rates were 6.375. The last few months, everybody's in the eights. Mm -hmm. He had a 6.375 FHA and first-time homebuyer. Then I have my other lender that has a 6.99, but he could do a 2-1 buy-down for less money down two points, and that's better for some people because they could go conventional with a lower mm -hmm. FICO score. Mm -hmm. So you gotta understand all of that to make the wise decision, and that's where we come into play. Yeah, and, and I think the, you know, obviously what's gonna happen, right? What's gonna happen if this goes down? 
Um, I think that we start with buyers, mm-hmm. right? As a buyer, how do you prepare for these for these rate decreases that are going to happen? Um, I think the first the f- the first thing to think of is, you know, your plan and and how high you're willing to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reason I and high how high you're willing to go. What I mean by that is, what is your cap out price point? Because what's going to end up happening is we're going to go back to a situation where, if we have a lot more buyers in the market and the inventory is still low. Sellers are a commodity and properties are going to be a commodity. So you're going to have to be willing to either compromise in some areas and not get what you want to keep it below a price or Mm -hmm. be willing to go up to a certain price if you love a home, if it checks four out of those five boxes. For me, that's where I think buyers right now can protect and and, um, plan for what could happen when the rates come down because all that's going to happen, and I mean, every time, every single time the rates drop, below seven in the last year, we get a 20% increase in mortgage applications, mm-hmm. like that minimum 20%. So, and that 20%, if you're looking at Colorado, if you, you know, a state could be an extra 10 to 20,000 people. You're looking at the country, that's 250,000 people that well, are, that I are mean, applying. The, the, you know? the statistic itself, just based on average income of borrowers, is every half a percent that rates drop, it unlocks about two and a half million borrowers there that will go. now qualify <laughs> for an out. Now, again, this is average, right? Hyper-local, obviously it's different, but <clears> these are statistics based off of a $400,000 loan, okay? Because the average house price is 45, 400,000 is, you know, 20, whatever it is, 20% down. Mm-hmm. So to your point, every half a percentage point, it's two and a half million buyers. To put that in perspective, we are on pace right now, I think this year to transact 4.2 million homes mm-hmm. throughout the United States from mm-hmm. January to January. Yep. So if you're telling me that if the rates drop a full percent, it's going to unlock 5 million buyers, we're only transacting 4 million homes. The math doesn't math. No. Right? Doesn't. So I think that's why it's important not, and, and, and I've said this before, we've all said it before, don't run out and buy a house just because we're giving the information that, hey, it may get harder because inventory is not keeping up. But it is important to understand that if you're on the fence and you can afford it, as those rates drop every half a percent, it is going to get more difficult yes. to purchase and a house at market value as we go forward. Key point that Jameson brought up is that it's forecasted, and now there's articles saying that we're going to drop. Right. What you should do, maybe 2-1 buy down, talk to someone, buy now. You don't even have to wait the year mm-hmm. to refinance. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a, a great thing. Now, now you have a little bit of backing and some knowledge to your decision moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a great point, Oscar. You know, and, and again, it's to to that point, <clears throat> the normal consumer does not know what a two one buy down is. I guarantee you if we did a if we did a real estate survey on the rocks on the streets and carried around a microphone and went up, hey man, do you know what a two point one buy down is? Do you know what a three two one buy down is? Do you know what L T V is? Do right? you know like, what your mortgage uh, it's yeah. you guys aren't how many stars are on the American flag? <laughs> right? Like mm, if we forty seven. <laughs> if we did something like that, I guarantee you that yeah, ninety-five percent of the people are gonna be like, I don't know. You're giving me buy one get one free. Like, yeah. what what are you talking about? Two one right? buy down. Two yeah. one buy down. Right? I can buy two houses and put one down. <laughs> can, right? Can can I explain it? Two one buy down. Well, and, and you, yeah, yeah. If you go for it, I mean, we you know we've done episodes on it, but my my whole point in it is what you just brought up, right? Like saying, oh, prepare. This is why they. This is why we do this because you see an article that says rate, rates are gonna drop. We want you to go. Oh, rates are gonna drop. What's gonna happen? Let me go check out real estate served on the rocks and, and click on it, right? Because we have, we've talked about this. We, or we, pick up the phone and call us. Like, yeah. hey, uh, I'd rather you, you pick up the phone and call me because I suck <laughs> at emails. 
Like right. you wouldn't believe. Pick right. up the phone, call me. Yep. Yeah. And, and so it's just coming. And, and again, I'm not. I'm not saying like it's your fault for not knowing that two one buy down. It's, it's not what I'm saying. It's our time. job. Right. To it, inform. Exactly. Yeah. But and if your realtor doesn't know, get a better one. Well, and and the whole thing is like right now you should be having these conversations. Mm-hmm. If you see something like that and you're in the housing market, you should be going wait wait wait. How's this going to affect me? Let me pick it up. And if you have a realtor, awesome. Pick up the phone, call them. If you don't, call us. Call a lender. Like it. The whole reason that I bring it up is because. This is a great opportunity right now. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're ready and you know what you know your budget, you know what you can handle, and, and this is a wonderful opportunity. Like when when at other points in time, do you have somebody come up to you and go, "Hey, the stock market is is gonna it's gonna get good next year." I'm pretty so, sure that's so, illegal. Exactly. That's right? what that's what uh, what's her name <laughs> went to jail for. Right. But Martha Stewart, yeah, went to jail for <laughs> but that like, shit. But like that's, and you won't go to jail for this. Exactly, sneak in there now. Mm-hmm. But well, that's that's why having the knowledge and having access to it is so important. Well, let's let's put it, let's give it a step further, right? So if you look at all the projections, and again, projections are projections. Doesn't mean they're gonna come to fruition. There's a lot of shit that can projections happen. Projections are predictions. Yes, <laughs> there's a lot of shit that could happen. I look at from a statistical standpoint, like what's the likelihood of the Fed dropping the rates, mm-hmm. and it is high, but to give you guys like actionable intelligence, we're probably looking at those rate uh, decreases happening second half of 2024. Based mm-hmm. on everything that we've read, based on the insiders that work with the Fed, based on hopefully at this point, people wising up to what the Fed's gonna actually do. And what's gonna happen towards the back end of 2024? An election. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the reason election. I bring it up is if you guys are going like, well, what, what should I do now? Like, how can I, how can I prepare? Mm-hmm. Yes, I can have conversations with my realtor or with us or your lender, or your preferred, just somebody in the industry that knows what the fuck they're doing. Okay. Not your uncle at your Christmas dinner table. Um, know that starting in January, let's say, you've got about five months to put together a plan if you're looking to buy a house mm-hmm. where that's coming up with the down payment finding the loan product that best suits your situation, assembling a team of a lender and a realtor, putting together, you know, your areas of, you know, best to worst case scenarios, figuring out your budget, spend the first four months of 2024 figuring that out. You may be surprised and say, oh my God, I'm actually ready to buy right now, which is great because you'll have less competition. But understand that if you wait and you're looking in the back half of next year because it's your, whatever your situation is, it could get harder, but at least you're going to be more prepared than I would say like 80% of the people out there that are looking to buy houses. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to pivot from your, from your point and, and just cut it a little shorter. And here's the reason why one, let, let, let's throw out the, the word forecast. Mm-hmm. What do we think when we, we hear forecast weatherman, the weatherman, yep. how often does the weatherman get it right? It's a freaking you know, crapshoot. That's the only <laughs> listen, job you could get. Listen, tangent wise. I had this conversation with Caitlin the other day and she goes, they said it was a 40% chance to rain. And a lot of people assume that there's a 40% chance of it raining, right? No. No, What it means is is in a given geographical area, Mm -hmm. the chance of rain is only projected to hit about 40% of that area. And that's and, it. And, and it's it's kind of like <laughs> just an saying, algorithm, right? Just so right? you guys know, they, they take like the, it's not it's either gonna rain or it's not gonna rain. What they're saying is, well, in Douglas County, 40% of the area of Douglas County 
may experience rain. Yep. And, it, and so it's, that means 60% aren't going to see shit. They're, they're, they're <laughs> following, they're, they're following so trends yes. and yes. historical yes. time points of that yes. time, right? So that's what we're and doing now. And unfortunately, the weather is actually more predictable right now than the Fed. So <laughs> with that government. said, it's, yeah. a forca- <laughs> it's a forecast. Yes, it's going to happen, but the way it's going to happen, it's... It's, it's likelihood of it. Correct. It's, go, it's going to happen. Yes. So now, uh, to my other point, you said now in the next four months, I'm going yeah. to kind of reduce now for okay. the people that are on, on the fence. Sure. Do it now. Because, yeah. one, they're going to start dropping in a time point that I've always said that we've evolved back into a seasonal market. Seasonal market says from August to maybe February, it slows down. Yeah. Because it's winter here in Colorado shitty weather kids go back to school you got all the holidays you got the new year and then it picks up in the spring mm-hmm. you're going to rate drop when things start warming up so it's going to one that's going to increase and two you're going to do a rate drop so it's going to be a double whammy if you will of people are going to start doing mm-hmm. things so if you can sneak in now and possibly get a half a percent higher do it you're not going to be in competition as much and then when people are fighting over price points and going up, you bought at a lower price point with more ease, and then they're taking advantage of the better interest rate. Well, you already have the house. Mm-hmm. Guess what? You could refinance whenever. Then you take advantage of that lower interest also, rate. Also, you know you guys can write off your interest on your house. There's just, well, there's a few things. On, just saying. On, like, on, there's on, a lot of people that actually don't know that. Mm-hmm. That, yes, you're going to pay a higher interest amount, on your home, but you can write that off in your taxes. And you know, it's it's give and take. It's like write-offs, right? It was like, oh, you traveled, you could travel and write it off. Oh, I still made the expense, but at the same time, there are a lot of things on the settlement statement mm-hmm. that you get from from when you buy a house that you could write off. Yep. So you save money somewhere. It's it's about the saving of the money. Yeah. Well, and and I think the you know, obviously with with the current market and the way things have been going, we've we've been and I think. Uh, most of the real estate industry has been focused on buyers, yeah. right? How are buyers experiencing this? What's how, how people can't buy? This isn't this isn't a good time to buy. All that, and it's almost as if like sellers have just been sitting back, just going, "Yeah, I'm just I'm just selling my house right now, right?" And where's the paperboard? <laughs> Where, is that the, paper the guy from Scary the Scary Movie? <laughs> no, the little hand, the no, family, guy. family guy, uh, family guy. What's I haven't seen the paperboy in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but You're that's exactly what piss it, me off. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Literally, yeah, that's a good point. Sellers have been sitting in their house going, "Well, I haven't Where's seen the, the buyers yet?" <laughs> right? And, and so what what's great for buyers is also going to be great for sellers in this scenario because again, we always talk supply and demand, right? If inventory does not look like it's going to get better anytime soon because builders can't keep up with it, mm-hmm. You know, we have the, the trade and all this stuff going on with different lumber, all that stuff. But what's in, what's going to end up happening for sellers is once these interest rates drop and these 2.5 per 0.5% come into the market, you have a very hot commodity. Yes. Well, right. And then we have to look at the, the percentage that we dropped from what, August, the year before last? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I think uh, based on my listings calculated, I think we... I had always said that we were going to drop seven to ten percent. We were looking at about fifteen plus. Well, and what's great here, here's the thing them. that I think is depending is, on price point, right? Is yeah, great depends. about it because not only yes, you know, supply and demand drives the market, whatever it is, inventory. But now think about the amazing opportunity that lends to people who are already homeowners. Yes, 
your home will be more sought after. Yes, you will get more money for your home, but guess what? You can tap into that sweet, sweet equity, baby, right? Like, because right now, as a seller, a lot of people who are selling their homes right now because of the way rates are, are the have-tos. I got a divorce. I got another kid. I, I, I would say not a lot. I would say most. Yeah, yeah, mo- yeah most. that's what I mean, most, right? I would say most. It, it, at least from what I'm experiencing is they have to, they have to sell because mm-hmm. nobody wants to get into those rates right now. But not only will you have rates that are easing up so it's easier for you to move, we're sitting in over $30 billion in equity across the country. Like, capitalize, yeah. people. Yeah, and I think it's, 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 the, it's the short-sightedness that, that always gets me right because right now, sellers, the only people that are selling the house, like you said, have to move. Mm-hmm. So from a buyer's standpoint, to me, that's a great opportunity because from a, from a leveraging perception, the buyer has more leverage than the seller does because the buyer knows, they should, that if more more likely, if I'm buying a resale home, that seller is incentivizing themselves to move because they have to, yep. which means if you are putting in lower offers, you're asking for concessions, you're asking for more items on the inspection, whatever that looks like, the sellers are more likely to acquiesce because mm-hmm. they have to sell. Mm-hmm. If it flips and you get the sellers back in the market that just want to sell, now they can wait it out. From the seller's standpoint, it's interesting because if I have to sell, People always look at the one side of the coin. They don't look at the other, right? They mm-hmm. go, well, I'm going to lose money if I sell my house and I accept this lowball offer. True. However, in this current market where we're at now, if you have to sell and you take a little bit of a hit on your equity, right? Because you're not profiting as much from the house, but you turn around and have to purchase. Now you're just, you're the buyer in that same scenario. And now you can turn around and go, okay, mm-hmm. this person has to sell or this builder has to sell this house. So now I'm going to, whatever I lost on the sale of my home, I'm going to get back and I'm going to get it back in a two, one buy down or a three, two, one buy down or seller concessions, whatever it is. It's a catch up game. If you go to, right. So if you go to the market where the interest rates drop, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Congratulations, seller on Mm -hmm. the sale of your house. You're going to make 40,000, 50,000 more than you thought over Mm -hmm. market. But if you have to go buy, you're now going out to spend 40 or 50,000 more, which is why we have said forever and ever and ever in a day, don't try and time the market. But again, it's also, (laughs) yeah, exactly. But but I think the, and this is this is something that I, I we talked about episodes ago, and we only, only only really touched on it is the mindset behind the quality of life that mm-hmm. changes between generations, right? And what we're seeing, and what we are, we have been seeing over the last five years, is a shift from I want to make money to I want to have experiences, mm-hmm. right? And so this I see it being such a unique scenario where we're gonna have more buyers come to the come to the table, yes, but those buyers are more focused on their quality of life than they are the purchase price of the home. And what I mean by that is you can move out of the state that you're currently in, mm-hmm. right? So like in Colorado, as an example, we've seen a decrease in population. We've seen pe- more people moving out, all that kind of stuff. And that's because some people are going, wait a second, hold on. I love Colorado, but you're telling me that I can leave this state with $250,000 and move to bumfuck Kansas, Abilene, Texas, maybe. <laughs> Abilene, Texas, and buy a house for what I just, the extra money I made on the house that right. I just sold. So holy shit. Like, and the reason I bring it up is because we don't, you know, I'm the same way right now. My girlfriend and I could move to North Carolina. We could buy a house, be happy. Right. But I haven't yet gotten out of Colorado what I want. So I want to stay. And the sad reality of me staying is I'm gonna have to spend more money. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. But 
with this with this push and rates coming down and buyers coming back into the market, sellers, especially the age of sellers mm-hmm. that would be selling right now, because we've already talked about it, boomers aren't getting they're they're not moving. They're they they're not selling, they're not, they're not doing it, right? And it's being proven time and time again. Market gets better, they're still not selling. So the people who are going to actually be in the market are the ones that are gonna be willing to move, mm-hmm. to sell and flip. So I think that this is going to be a good positive for both sides of the coin. Yeah. Versus normally it's is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's I market? Mean, it's it's a good it's a good thing all around. Yeah. Even exactly. For the people that can't buy, mm-hmm. what's gonna happen? Mortgages are gonna be less. Yep. And guess what happens to the rental market? Rent goes down. Rent goes down. Well, and not only so to mention it's good for the consumer all around. Well, and it's funny because you know, everything we, we talk about taxes and arrears, mm-hmm. right? And I like to always say, like, everything happens in arrears. Because what's ending up happening now is in this current market, people aren't buying, so rentals are better. Well, rentals are better, so people are investing in rentals. And guess what's going to happen in the next two years? We're going to get a 50% increase in rental units. That's just in Denver alone. Or, yeah. Excuse me, 25% in Denver alone. Now, you have, now when this happens, the Fed rate drops, you have way more units available. So rent is going to go down. Not only because mortgages are going down, but because there's more units. Because they were going, oh, we're capitalizing. We're going to take on this rent. And now they're going to have to lease those places. They're going to have to well, get Well, not only that, but there's also there's a record number of multifamilies that are scheduled to get completed yes. within the next 6 to 12 months. Well, speaking of multifamily, um, Shea Homes is make, uh, selling single-family homes, mm-hmm. houses that are not attached, with ADUs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're constructing with already an ADU that's you can legally rent out. Yep. Yep. So here's the other thing too. I think people need to understand. In I'm I'm a big holistic view type of person, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people will go, okay, what you guys are telling me is interest rates are going to come down, mortgages are going to be cheaper, but I'm going to have to spend more money, right? Or if I want to buy now, I have to be okay with spending more money now and then hopefully refinancing later. But you got to remember, like mortgage rates are correlated with the federal federal fund rate that we're talking about decreasing. But what else correlates exactly to the Fed fund rate dropping? Credit cards, car loans, right? Like you're talking about people look at it and they say, yes, mortgage is the biggest expense, right? However, if you if you really take a look at it, you're saying that, you know, I could I think Credit Union Denver does it every year where they say, hey, if you move your car loan over to us, we're going to knock two percentage points off of your auto rate and we'll give you two months free. Mm-hmm. Awesome, right? Well, if that's the case and the Fed fund rate drops from where it's at 5.38, goes down to 2.38, 2.5%, car loans are going to be cheaper. Your credit card uh, interest rates are going to be cheaper. Your personal loans that you can take out to consolidate your debt are going to be cheaper. Uh, HELOCs that you can, if you already own a home and you want to consolidate that way, those are going to be cheaper. So you can get creative with yes, you may take a hit on the mortgage initially, but when this rate does drop, holistically, you can actually make it overall cheaper for your lifestyle because the mortgage is only a single part. Yeah, any any installments um, or revolving credit will will, will take well, an impact and, on and it I think in the, a positive way. Yeah, I think what what's really hurting too is is I like your your overall arching view, and the one thing that I that I will say like, be weary of that when looking at mortgages. And mm-hmm. the only reason I say that is because when you look at that and you see, you know, and, and so many people are coming out about it where it's like, if you buy now and then you refinance, you, your interest is going to make you pay this much more mm-hmm. than what the loan originally was. Like guys, you have to understand that when you're taking out a, out a loan, interest is just part of it. Whether you're buying a car, whether you're buying a house, whether you're credit just cards. a credit card, whatever it is, like 
interest is part of it. And that's why it's so important to manage what you can mm -hmm. with your monthly payments. And guess what? If you get a monthly payment that you go, I can pay this. And exactly to Jameson's point, you know, cool, this is what I can afford. Now, when you refinance and you save that money, mm -hmm. It's straight in your pocket because you already planned for the higher amount. And yeah, that sucks. It's the hardest thing to do is it's to sign a paper that's telling you, hey, <laughs> you're going to spend more money than what this paper says. It's hard to do that. But at the end of the day, it's necessary. And if you want to buy a home, that is the one of the most set in stone things. Like nobody's going to come and hand you a loan and not make money on it. That's just not how it works. Well, and to bring back what Oscar said earlier about having the team and having lenders that you trust mm -hmm. in, in, in a plan in place, right? That's one of those plans. You yep. may sit there and say, okay, here's all of my financial information. Here's when I want to purchase a house. Here's what I currently make and I can currently afford. Well, if you go talk to one of the lenders that Oscar uses or I use or Charlie uses, they can sit there and say, okay, here's, here's what our plan is. I want you to take out a debt consolidation loan through LendingTree or whatever it is. And right now you've got four credit cards that are at 29.5%. Okay. Well, we know that the Fed fund rate is going to go down. So about a month before that, I want you to take out a lending club loan, consolidate your debt card from 29% to 7.5%, okay? Well, those loans, it's an APR, so it's, it changes, right? So now you're at 7.5%. Well, then the Fed fund rate drops. Now you're at 5.5%. Your monthly payment just went down. You can now start putting that extra money aside for a down payment, and then you can be ready to purchase a house, compete for a house, whatever it is, in 6 to 12 months with a set plan, less debt, less stress, better financial health, all of that, just by taking the prerogative of going, I'm going to go find somebody that I trust I'm going to talk to. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give them every, all the information that I need. And then that way we can, we can make a plan in place. And in July, August, September of next year, as the market does slow down, like Oscar said, well, now you're in a great position, right? Your debt's done. You've saved up money for a down payment and a potential appraisal gap situation. You've done your research on all these different things. Now you can go and go as fast or as slow as you want. Mm -hmm. And then when you do move into a house, guess what happens? You got less debt. So you can spend money on the things that you want to spend on, whether it's furniture well, or remodeling or but, anything like that. And at this point, I just I just want to put holes in my wall. I just want to customize where I'm living. You know what I mean? Like and again, guys, don't forget, like in all of this, I'm renting right now. Yeah. You know, like I, I understand your struggles. I'm going through it myself, right? But it I see what's there. And I, at right now, it's not not really doable for, for me. And that's okay. But I'm using this time to plan, right? But Exactly to Jameson's point, it's it's knowing, it's having the knowledge, and we say it all the time, to prepare yourself and set yourself up for for the long term, right? And even, uh, to simplify um, Jameson's point, um, a good lender will tell you, you know what, you owe four grand on your car, your payment's six hundred dollars. Instead of coming in with twenty grand, how about you pay your car loan off, mm -hmm. you save six hundred bucks, and your payment's going to go up fifty dollars on your mortgage. Mm -hmm. Now you just save five hundred fifty bucks. I just I feel a good like, lender will tell you that. I, I feel like one one plague of the social media existence that we live in now is that they give three dudes like bourbon with a microphone. Well, yeah, not only <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they didn't give shit. But, we took this. <laughs> but but what I mean is like it, it's you can feel like an expert without being an expert. And there's there's people who literally spent their lives doing this that that have dedicated knowledge and hours of training and, and classwork to know this better than you do. And it's a hard thing to admit. I'm prideful in that way. Mm -hmm. I do my research. Sure. But I know when somebody's in an industry and it, re it related to money, somebody knows more than I do. Yeah. And yeah, that's what lenders are. And, and it's not, I could be talking about it multiple times. 
reaching out to a lender is free. Mm -hmm. You could all three of us. You want to talk to a lender, talk no to matter a realtor is free, right? You no matter where you well, are. Unless this lawsuit goes through, then I'm charging. I'm yeah, charging. Right? yeah. <laughs> by the hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the hour. We'll see how this goes. But like, it's it's just something to remember that you know, you do know what you know, but you also don't know what you don't know. Yes, easy, like, Doctor Seuss. Right, <laughs> right. And it's it, true though. It is right, and especially with something like this, when you when we have articles coming out and everybody's going, Oh boy, here we go. Like, it's almost like I, I saw this article come out and I felt the collective energy of home buyers just being like, Oh, there's two, there's two articles that dropped 14 hours apart mm -hmm. by the same news source. One said that they were going to drop it six times. The other one said they're going to drop it four. The other one said they're not dropping it at all. Yeah. So three articles, <laughs> like, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? So that's, that's the whole point guys is, is we, we try and do this research for you so you don't have to. But I also encourage people, and we always do, to do your due diligence, mm -hmm. right? A good reporter, if he's reporting on a story, they used to have standards back in the day <laughs> where they yeah. had to verify five different sources before they were even able to print something. Have and you right watched now, Anchorman 2? What's up? Have you yes. watched Anchorman yes. 2? Yes. Anchorman 2, the beginning of that movie. Yes. It's <laughs> the most beautiful rendition of what happened to media. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, so it's, it's just, you, like, that's what it used to be. Mm -hmm. and, and the beauty of having the internet and building relationships and and you know, talking to people for free like lenders and realtors and whatnot is it allows you guys that if you do see something and you go, hmm, I wonder how that's going to affect me, go talk to multiple people. I will guarantee you two things. Number one, you'll get the correct information eventually. And number two, you'll weed out the people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about real fast. Very fucking you could, real you fast. Could, you could call out the bullshit <laughs> yes. fast. Yeah, real and, fast. And, and another thing, one, we've done the research, and two, we've been in the business long enough to where I'm going to speak we're, from we're real, real life, real right. life experience. This is what I'm experiencing with my buyers and sellers right now. Yep. This is what the research we've been looking at right now and give you some information. Well, my, my, and I think, I think this is a good time to move into the, the one rock takeaway mm -hmm. for today's episode. But the one thing that I want, want to say is like, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm scrolling through social media, when I'm scrolling and I'm trying to relax, you know, just de brain, the last thing I want to see is my real estate algorithm. But guess what? This is what I do. So it's like, no matter what I do, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, X, whatever, whatever platform, even just my, my Google news feed. Yep. All I get is real estate stuff. Yeah, some bourbon, me. right? Some, some of my media goes. No, it's, it, and it's just fed, right? And it's clear just, your browser history. Bro. <laughs> I have to. I for, have to. for the sake of, if something happens, yes. clear your browser history. <laughs> if you know me, you're going to know what that Although, is. Otherwise, we're going to have a lot of funny eulogy. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be great. That's, I'm doing it on purpose. It's going right. to be a celebration of my life. Uh, Oscar sold homes. Most of them were brothels. <laughs> <laughs> with his connections I, I to did, a cartel. I, I, I did try to sell a stripper a house once. <laughs> yeah, there's eight dudes with AK-47s in the back just staring you know, at that us. Would be, that would be one hell of a web series. Yeah. From day one, trying to sell a stripper a house. And just, just go through so and track it. That same year um, sparked my engineering mind. And I drew out a plan on how for a system would be a ledger, an electronic ledger, so strippers can claim more more money, and it, it'd be taxable income for the for the for the for the establishment. And Oscar's out here doing God's work, people. Oh man, for the establishment <laughs> and the stripper, they could buy they could buy houses. I know, but right now you 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 can get the uh, you get the no paycheck loans. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are starting. Which to come is also heavy. super funny, because the two people that use those the most don't quote me on this. This is not a real stat. I feel like are doctors and strippers. You know, 
Check out the YouTube channel. We're both doing God's work. We what have a full about? video on how people who work in the weed industry can buy with those loans. Exactly. Check out the, the channel. Weed. Oh, right? and they, they, could, they have um, somehow found a loophole to do uh, debit cards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're... What's happening there is, is incredible. We'll, I'll talk to you guys about that after. I but can't. I can't wait till they start. They 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 continue to expand the whole uh, being able to use your rent as a qualifier mm-hmm. for for homeless. We just we just signed up for Built. Built is the main yeah. company, and basically what you do is you build your credit through paying rent, which to me is a fucking no brainer. Like mm-hmm. I, the fact yeah. that that hasn't been a thing before blows my mind. But yes. anyway. Well, I digress. Well, I mean, there, I there, there was we're something. Gonna go off, we're we're going to go off on on on. Tangents well, hold on, for, really quick. There was something there that just needed to expand on it with with mm-hmm. FHA. Yeah, because what happens if a doctor marries a stripper, but they can oh. only rent and they can't buy because they can't claim her income? That's a good point. And then they both smoke weed, and they're like, "What the <laughs> fuck do I do?" But no, their investments are in the weed industry. Yes, there you go. Their income mm-hmm. is crazy good, yeah. though. Yeah, both absolutely. But no, FHA, if you didn't have a FICO score with FHA, mm-hmm. they would do alternative cr- trade lines, like your cell phone bill, your electro- your electricity bill, and your rent. And it was, it was I'd just, qualify it for was, a hell of a it, it would be. It, 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 I, they still do it. It's to the discretion of the I think I've been, since I turned 18, I think I've been late on Which also, if one. you guys want to do some research on something, uh, I believe it's Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are trying to implement a getting rid of TransUnion as mm-hmm. a credit score mm-hmm. and only using the bifurcation of two. Versus three, which is not good. Yeah. Um, that might be a thing. So just, just keep an eye on it. Keep but an eye on it. Before we go, pay attention to before we go too deep, let's let's move into the one rock takeaways Fine. for today's episode. I have to go home anyway. Right. Uh, I, got, yeah, I have episode. a holiday party to go to tonight. But. <laughs> Jeez. Um, be lit. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna sit back on this one. I've gone first the last couple episodes, so I'm gonna let let one of you guys take the first one. Um, um, go for it. One rock takeaway is if you're sitting on the fence, find. Time the market as best as you can. I know you don't try, but right now, if you could sneak in now, it'd probably be the best bet. Um, take advantage of a lower price and then the lower rate later. Awesome. That's that's what I would okay. tell the consumer. Mine is FOMO is a real thing. Fear mm-hmm. of missing out is a real thing. And just like I felt and a lot of people felt that they missed out on the 3% interest rates that were going on previously, if you're ready to buy right now and you know that these rate hikes are coming down, you're going to have some FOMO because it is a very good opportunity for somebody who is prepared to buy a house, to buy a house right now. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of that. And I want people to understand that human psychology is very much at play when it comes to spending money and taking risk. And what I think people are disregarding is the how quickly we have become accustomed to 7% inflation, mm-hmm. higher gas prices, higher food prices, higher housing costs, etc. It's taken about a year, right? And I think the majority of people are going, well, if rates go from seven and a half to six and a half, it's going to be the same because it's the affordability is still the same. You guys are wrong. Mm-hmm. I, you, you're underestimating how quickly the population got used to seven, seven and a half percent interest rates. So when they see six and a half percent, I am telling you guys, it is going to be like the scene from Lion King Fury. where they drove the bison into that valley and killed Mufasa. If you are a video okay. game, if you're a video game enthusiast, it's fire sale. Yes. <laughs> like that, that's legitimately yes. what it's it is. Be. It is going to be the bison's running in and Simba's going, oh my God, I wanted to buy a house. And the house they wanted to buy is dead. 
because all the buyers of the bison just ran those motherfuckers over. I will edit that for you. Be, thank I you. I will edit that. And, for please you. do. And, but and that I, is what's going to happen. And I and and, and I, I'm just reiterating that it's not going to happen at four percent because we're not going to see that again. No. It's not going to happen at five percent. It's going to happen at six and a half percent. The only way it gets better is if we hit about five and a half percent or a little bit lower. It starts to unlock those people that are locked into those four percent interest rates that go. Okay, you know what? I don't have to sell, but this makes enough sense to me, and the gap isn't that big to where I can put my house in the market and move up. But until that happens, I am telling you guys, at 6.5%, Lion King. You're and probably not going to see this, but to the guy who's running independent and is pushing 3% interest rates to help the housing market, go fuck yourself. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're an do, idiot. Some, do some research. Yeah, do, yeah. Sorry. Well, and, and, and then I like to come from experience, right? Um, what I do and, and all that stuff. I wouldn't tell the consumer to do something I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So when I saw the interest rates as low as they were, I did. I dug holes to move because I knew we were outgrowing was, the house. Was that to bury bodies? <laughs> I just had to bury some bodies. Seriously, I. It was I, weird. We had three competing offers. I can't get a hold of any of those three people. There, there, were, there was a nudge because of COVID. Because my 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 office was in my basement in my old house, and I had no windows, and I was going batshit crazy, and. Interest rates were so low. I say, if I don't take advantage of this yeah. now, I'm going to lose out. I did a lot of consolidating. FOMO. I paid off a lot mm -hmm. of debt. I, I stopped spending in places where I, I, I did what I had to do to take advantage of that, that scenario. And it wasn't easy. I mean, I had a good chunk of savings. I mean, I, that was my nest egg. I depleted everything, paid off debt. And then put the rest in, in Get down payment. Get a good payment. team together that cares about you. Yes, and I took advantage of it. Them. So when I'm telling That's you it. this, I'm use not them. telling you this because it's my job. One, it is my job. But two, I did it myself. Take advantage when you can and strike while the iron's hot. Yep. Yep. All right. It is now time to move into the bourbon review. Bum, bum, bum. And uh, guys, I don't know about you, but I think... I think we started with the wrong old Elks. I think. Mm. <laughs> Therefore, you are? <laughs> well. Hey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <no. laughs> um, It. The reason I say that is because I, I, I don't want to be mean. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it. Hold on. Let me, let me smell JC's glass here. Sorry. I'll tell you what. As we sat here and it opened up. And this is the second pour. Um, I now taste the maple. Yeah. It, it lightened up a lot. See, JC's glass is still open, but it opened. It opened to more of the burn. It opened to more of the alcohol. Hmm. Um, hold on, I'm gonna take a sip of it. I mean, the the nose does still. The burn is there, but. I feel All like right. I'm drinking. All right. So. The reason I started it like that, saying that, you know, we started with the wrong ones is I think this is Old Elk's, it's their lowest proof that we've had at 88. It's something that they did, and, and I know it won accolades and it has everything, but I'm, I'm just not feeling this one, boys. Well, so let me throw this out there, because, I mean, when bourbon started spiking, I got into bourbon a few years back, and... I actually started with scotch. I wanted to learn scotch, and I ended up transitioning to bourbon. So I did a lot of research. I, I watched a lot of um, documentaries, and I, I read a few books. And there's two views on bourbon. There's the old school and the new school, right? And a lot of the old school bourbon guys 
won't touch anything under 90 proof, mm -hmm. 100 proof. Yep. Um, it, it doesn't matter the complexity. It's like you're watering down my bourbon. I know what I like. I like what I like. New school guys will look into all the complexities and all that stuff and what comes into the suburban and the journey and all the bullshit. The old school guys like what they like. I'm very much so old school. And I started with a low proof bourbon. Mm -hmm. Like, um, uh, what is it called? Um, oh, my God, it's going to drive me nuts. It's, it's, it's 80 proof. See, a lot of people. Are, I mean, no, it, it, yeah. it, comes, it, it's, uh, it comes in a wine looking bottle. Um, the horse it's a good, wine? The it's a good wine looking bottle, Penelope? Um, and, and it has like a a, a, a Manila tag. Mm. It's kind of yellowish. Is it uh, Pen not Penelope. That's, uh, that's uh, Basil Hayden. Hayden. Pinhook. Basil, oh, Basil Hayden. Hayden. So Hayden. it was my go-to because I was a starting bourbon drinker. It's on that side. <laughs> so I started with Basil Hayden. It was 80 proof, something like that. It's an easy drinker. It's a good transition to good bourbon. And when I looked into reviews, they were like, Horse shit, don't buy it. You're watering down your bourbon. You weren't here for it. Tenure. Basil Hayden, tenure. we had the Basil Hayden tenure. Yeah. Water. Yeah. Dog water. So you have the <laughs> people Sorry, that actually drink bourbon that are going to dog that out. But kind of like Wellers. I fucking can't stand Wellers, but there's people that love Wellers, right? And, and the, yes. And so, the, yeah. Um, back to this point 88 proof is under the proofing of what? "Quote unquote bourbon connoisseurs were, are going to like new school or old school. It is under ninety proof. I think is a benchmark. Hundred proof plus more of the old well, school guys. That's barrel proof, right? That's I mean that's barrel proof is where barrel proof is where it starts. Right. But ninety proof is where kind of the benchmark. Yeah. If yeah, anything yeah. under ninety, I'm going to question it. Which I didn't say anything, but I questioned this. It's only two percent. You can taste it. You can taste it. Well, and, and for me, and here's, I like that you said it earlier, you know, like people like what they like, like I, this just ain't for me. Like, and that's, that's, that's going to play into my rating, but, and you know, what's odd about it? We talked about this before. I love chocolate. Mm. Like I it, legitimately, the man like, <laughs> it's, sets aside time <laughs> and allots himself one Reese's pieces. I Love chocolate, all right? And and this one being chocolate, I get it. It's on the back of my tongue. It's I just think that going with this malted barley is I can take the rye. I can take the dryness of a of a rye bourbon because it still has some sweetness to it, it has mm -hmm. some flavor. For me, even with the open, the one that's been sitting open, JC's glass, I I just I don't like the weight and that almost I guess Pete on my tongue. I, mm. I don't from a bourbon. I like the flavor that's there, but I, I don't like what they did with the, with the malted barley. I, I think it is kind of their niche bourbon in this line. Yeah. Where they, I don't want to say they made a mistake, but they, they have their other three, which we know are very good, mm -hmm. but they're also, and I think we've all agreed they're more for not an experienced bourbon drinker, but somebody that can understand the complexity. The complexity right? of bourbon, yeah. They needed something that they could give out with a fancy name like bourbon, straight, rye, straight, whatever, yeah, right? Bourbon, What's yeah. the cost of this? Because that's so going to play into what, from where you're. Where they're you're currently going through, they're currently sold out on the website, but the cost that I saw was for forty nine to fifty nine. 
and everything else is about 69, right? Is about 60 to 69. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, okay, so I'm on the right track. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's, it is a, I, I'm still going to say it's like a dessert bourbon for me. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But I think that appeals to people that are not bourbon drinkers. See, you guys wanna, uh, see, I think I did disagree with you on I wouldn't give this to somebody who doesn't drink bourbon. No, no, I'm not saying you would give it because you have a certain perception. No, no, but what I mean by that is like, I feel like if I gave this to somebody who didn't drink bourbon, mm-hmm. the amount of burn that's in it, for us it's not low, but again, I know, but you, people who don't drink bourbon. Let me, let me flip it. What if you are a person mm-hmm. that sees old elk on the shelf yep. and they're all lined up? 49, 60, 69, 75, no, right? and I get, wait, okay. And then that person who doesn't drink bourbon at the time just grabs this bottle. Mm-hmm. Okay, not a bourbon drinker, but they grab it. I think this would it. stop them from drinking bourbon. I don't think so. See, I disagree. See that, and that's I, yeah. what I was going to. I like, think, I think, I think they would go, "Wow, this is actually this is what bourbon tastes like." I think this that, is sweet. I think that it's the, it's that tinge. It's that, I, I don't know. I, put I it, but again, here's the other piece. Yep. Beginning bourbon drinker will put this on ice. Yes. Okay. So you put water in yeah. this or an ice cube in this. Yes. That I think that tinge goes away. Mm-hmm. It gets watered down, and to me, this is. Oh man, I I'll be right back. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what that would do. I don't know. Well, I don't, no. What I don't I'm know saying if is, an ice it's cube like, would. It's like the people that drink uh, screwball whiskey. Oh shoot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's a certain so, there's a certain person that drinks screwball whiskey and that goes, oh my god, this is the fucking greatest thing ever. It's like peanut butter, Reese's. But I can get drunk off of it, right? I I don't know. I think it's a niche bourbon. I personally like. I don't mind the flavor. I I think it's a weird juxtaposition of the chocolate and the tinge. But we've also drink drank fifty different bottles of bourbon at this point, right? So Screwball, Mandalay Bay has this. Uh, uh, what are they called? The, Casino? Uh, no, the. Yes, bar. it's a fucking casino. The bar. Uh, it's it's a it's a speakeasy. Oh yeah. And they do a, a screwball fashion. Uh-huh. And you know me, I like 140 proof. Yeah. Kick in the face. Yeah. It's actually really good. No, I I, 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 I ordered it. it and I was like, I'm gonna hate this. I'm and just, I was like, I hate that yeah. I like this so much. But I know what what you said was spot on. It's a price point thing. Who if would drink I am this? I'm an average consumer. I have no idea. Right. Because I'm kind of stuck in the middle of both of you. I don't right. I don't know who would drink right. this. There's someone for this bourbon. Not my wheelhouse, but if I see this at the, at a party, I'm gonna hit, yeah because I, they, I'll drink it. It's good. Don't get me wrong; it's it. a good bourbon. Yep. But it's not my wheelhouse because Agreed. they sponsored it and sent us the bottles. I, and I it's not because they diligence. send us the bottle and they sponsored it. It's no, no, a good no, no. bourbon. That's, it's not my wheelhouse. I know where you're going. Yeah. But it, as far as my opinion, it's a good bourbon. It's not for me. But if I see it at a party, I know what I'm getting. I'll drink it. To your point, I think it's a niche bourbon. It is. They made it for a very specific consumer. That Likes doesn't Weller drink a lot or not of whiskey, Weller. will it? But will dabble in the sweetness of certain things, and they put it at a price point that if you line it up, and it's obviously it's gonna be the same spot on the shelf as all their other shit, and they go, oh, forty nine bucks versus sixty nine. I'm gonna save twenty bucks and try this, and it it's not to bring up the drug cartel. It almost get you I can see look it. at me about the drug I cartel. Can see it. Then getting like hooked on okay, this is what bourbon could potentially taste like. They don't have the sophistication. And the tasting experience to go, well, you know what? It is kind of weird that there's like chocolate and coconut and maple, but I can also have this weird tinge that I don't really love with the peatiness and the proof is a little bit too low. So an inter- you know intermediate I mean? bourbon drinker. Because a beginner's not gonna know. I don't know. Any well, that you shit. just you did it with water. Yeah. Well, well, and, and then hold on. So at the cost, if you see the other ones, you're saving twenty. I do bucks. like this is the first one we're actually arguing yeah, about. Yeah, give me hold on. your glasses. Hold give on. Your glasses. At the cost, 
if you see this and it's $20 less, right. you're going to say, all right, I'm going to take a little bit off of my, Correct. my, my criticism and just enjoy it and, and be open-minded and about it. And if I'm a brand $20 and, makes I, that. and I want somebody to eventually buy my $70 bottle of bourbon. You're going to go back and say, okay, let's I'm gonna, try the good I'm shit. I'm going to start stepping up. Let's see what $20 gets me. Exactly. All right. So I went and I grabbed the, the water dropper for those listening on audio. Just because I, I got to do my due diligence. I got to try Because, Jamison, you're right. 100%. Most people aren't. I'm not saying just, you're wrong. No, no, I'm I know. Just, I, I'm, you're right, though. I would. He's not wrong. I you. would venture to say that, no, 80%. But he's telling you he doesn't agree. <laughs> 80 yes. to 85% Strongly. of people <laughs> who, who drink bourbon are going to put it on rocks. Right. That just what's going to happen. And we do do all of them neat. He said doo doo. <laughs> right? I, I will say that the flavor changes with the two drops of water. And you know, water does, it does influence. Um, so an old fashioned, you can make an old fashioned neat. Is it good? No. The, the, the ice makes a difference. The ice waters it down and makes the old fashioned See? too. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It actually I, accentuates the burn a little bit. Yes. I, yes. I, I can admit it. I'm man enough to admit it. Yes, the water changes it. The water changes it. I, for sure. I, but I agree with you in the context of we have drank a ton of good bourbon, mm-hmm. and we go very in-depth with what it tastes like and what's on the nose and all these different things, but it takes away a little bit of that uh, peat. Yeah, yeah. The compl- right. It takes a, a, a level yeah, of complexity because, I mean, out. think about it, dude. Yeah. Okay, so here's the difference between myself and a regular bourbon drinker. I bought a $3,000 refrigerator for, <laughs> for one <the> reason. <laughs> for, <the ice. laughs> for one reason. And that reason was it makes its own molded ice, ice bowls. <laughs> and I have a regular ice maker. And but I, I was going to say like, something because I didn't know where you were going with it, but <laughs> worth it. I have yeah. tried yeah, to make exactly. clear ice so, and all that shit. It's right. a pain in the ass. So it's what horrible. I'm saying is like from my perspective, mm-hmm. yes, I agree with you and you 100% this bourbon. Not my cup of tea. I'll drink it. My rating's not going to be great for it. I'll be honest, Old Elk. It just won't, right? But and I still love I think you guys. Reason, but I also believe that they just like fucking, I don't know, every goddamn product manufacturer makes something to get a consumer interested in that product. Yeah. That's what it is. If yeah. I buy an iPhone SE and I play with it, I'm like, man, this is a great phone. And it was 600 bucks. The next time I go to upgrade, the percentage of people that go, well, you know, I like it, but I want a better camera. So now yeah. I'm going to go to the iPhone Pro. You know what? I love the camera, and I love the, the, the graphics on the, on the screen, but I want more because I'm using it for entertainment. Now I'm going to go to the iPhone Pro Max. Now you've just stepped that person up from $600 to $1,400 in three phones, three product cycles. I think these guys are doing a really good job of yeah. getting somebody to go, I'm going to spend $40 to $49 on this. I'm going to try it. It's sweet, which we know profiles of bourbon the sweetness will will resonate with people that don't drink bourbon a ton. They get used to it. They go, you know what? I'm gonna try their $59 bottle. And they go, okay. Now it's a little more complex. Now I'm gonna try their 69. Now all of a sudden you got people drinking the weeded or whatever it is, and they're spending $70 a bottle versus 50. I hope I think that's, that's what it is. The, the um, mindset um, behind it. Yeah, because that mindset makes. I'm there with you. Yeah, marketing wise, that makes total sense. It's, yeah, to me, it's I'm genius. Not, I'm not mad at this bourbon. No, I'm not either. For I bucks, just want to know. I, for 40 I, bucks, I'm even less mad at this I bourbon. I want to know. I want to know who they went up against in 2020. For this? For that gold accolade, world's best spirit. Basil Hayden? 
<laughs> I would drink this over the ten. It was, they went up against. Day. No, yeah, yeah, I was gonna throw Larsi in it, but I love Larceny. I just bought a bottle of Larceny last night. Yeah, fuck the ten. Yeah, like, that was no. like, that's a joke. <laughs> that's that's just, that pissed me that's off. That's just lying. That's false advertising. I don't even think it's ten years. I think it's like three years. They just dumped a bunch of right. syrup. In it. Maybe it was ten year aged maple fucking yeah, Mrs. Water. Butterworth. Like, oh, yeah. there it is. You know, I, I will I've, say I've, I've, I've had through this podcast and myself reaching out to try different bourbons i've had some unfortunate bourbons and i'm like mm, and they're still in i when everybody's like everybody comes to my house like oh you have a good bourbon collection no i don't i have bourbon because i don't collect i drink it mm-hmm. same i yeah. drink everything <laughs> and though if you come to my house and i have the same bottle it's because it's a shit bottle yeah you know i have a few well, bottles dude, like you, that hey you can i, no, listen, I bought you, that rum cast Breckenridge, yeah. and it stayed in my freaking thing, and then I brought it here, can, and we all hated it. Can, and I like Breckenridge. Your original stuff is great. I love it. Old fashions, I love your shit. But that rum cast? That, no. mm. Yeah, you can, oh. you can uh, relate to this with JC's house, right? Mm-hmm. If you looked at his bourbon collection at his house, yeah. I'm like, how, how do you not just drink all of this right now? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I, I walked in, and I was like, you got Wellers? I, I used to have Wellers. I think it's interesting, too, that the the two drops of water actually accentuate the burn a little bit more. It did. Mm-hmm. It, it allowed the alcohol you to come through. And, and so, the, the which makes sense, no longer, though, yes. the because it broke no, up the, the, the multiple. Hold on, correct. I'm going to throw some out. You know me. I have weird flavor profiles. The lingering flavor, to me, is Oh, very, wait, let me guess. A car tire after a burnout. No. Oh, damn. <laughs> French fries. Really? Drink some. Let it linger and tell me it doesn't who's, taste like French who's fries. French fries? McDonald's. There's a lot of salt. <laughs> I mean, right. it does go with the salt right. and caramel. All right. So, let, let's go ahead and give the ratings, the actual rock ratings for, for Old Elk straight. It. Let straight it linger. No, no, it's not it's bourbon not right whiskey. Away. It's like as we talk, you're going to be like, oh, French fries. That's now, I now I just want to go buy some French fries. <laughs> I am going to put this right at about a 4.3. I am surprised. Me too. I thought you were going to go over a 5. Me too. I, I, I can't because... Well, the way you talked about it... Oh, yeah, I, I thought, thought you were going to trash it. No, yeah. I'm sorry, but compared to the You're other old elks... You're better than I am. Put it that way, and I'm nice. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. For, compared to the old elks, other old elks that we've had... I feel like this one just it lacks a little bit. It's definitely what you said is trying to bring people in, give you it a little bit more last complex one. I flavor. Like the last one better than this one. Yeah, see, yeah, weeded. What'd you have weeded at? I I gave weeded a four. So this is just above weeded. Yeah, just above weeded. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, four point three for me. I'm, I, just because, and Old Al, thank you for this. I I love that you you let us. Hey, do we this. told them that we were going to review. And yeah, not, and and not it, hold punches for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I am not a dessert guy. Especially if I'm going to go dessert, I'm going to drink a port or yep. some mm-hmm. fancy Italian shit. That's just, that's who I am. <laughs> when it comes to bourbon, I know what I like, and I'm going to drink bourbon either before I eat my meal or if I'm just enjoying a mm-hmm. cigar. I just, I like bourbon for what it is. It stays in its lane in my yep. life. Mm-hmm. This one, uh, it's, it's, it's a basil Hayden with more complexity for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't buy basil Hayden anymore. It's a good bourbon. It's a good starter bourbon. It has its place. This one for me is a six. Woo. All right. It just it's just not my wheelhouse. Yeah, it's good if I go to a party. It actually, no, that makes sense. It, I, it, if yes, if, if I sense. see it at a party, I'm gonna yes. be like, oh, old elk. Ooh. I'm All gonna right. grab I'm gonna grab the old elk over an eagle rare. But, I'm gonna but grab the old what? elk over For the jack. price, I'm not mad at it. Oh, I think what if Oscar, they had nothing else, I'm like, no. hell yeah. Let's I think go. what Oscar would do though, and just because I know like his favorite flavor profile, is if he goes to a party and it's a nice bourbon, 
he'll just pour himself like a little, maybe a two finger with maybe a rock and just enjoy it. He sees this, it's a four finger, probably neat, and he's getting turned. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> it's 80 proof, baby. I got to go four fingers. That's great. Now, it's better than if I see a, a bourbon, you're like, this is a good bourbon. I know what it's like. I'm going to go grab it, throw some ice, pour about four fingers, and throw a Coke in it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, uh-huh. I still wouldn't throw Coke. That's, well, that's, yeah. that's disrespectful. This one, I would not disrespect it. I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even throw rocks in it. It's just not my wheelhouse. All right. Mm-hmm. I got two ratings. All right. Okay. My first one. Is a two. What? What a twist. For two reasons. Price. Marketing. I think this is brilliant. You respect where it's coming from. This is the first bourbon, and we haven't done a lot of bourbon lines, so I think it'd be interesting Mm -hmm. to start doing that as Mm -hmm. like its own thing, right? But this is the first distillery that I have seen. Because like, for example, Smoke Wagon, to your point, Stays They're in their a bourbon. lane. <laughs> but, a bourbon. but what I'm saying is yeah. they stay in their lane. They're not yeah. trying to like get people to like dabble it in is what smoke it is. wagon. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, and oh, it is wait, what wait. it is in four different ways. Time right? out. Speaking of smoke, that that reminded me. It's the 90th year, 90th anniversary oh, yeah. prohibition of the re- repeal, uh, repeal, of, repeal right. of prohibition. So pop those bottles, people. Yeah. Heck yeah, drink um, some bourbon. Um, but but smoke wagon. Uh, right. That, what I'm I sent gonna, you, the uncut was. Up top. But mm-hmm. I'm going to say the same thing for like Weller, right? You got Weller, you got Bland's, you got Eagle Rare, you got E.H. Taylor. None of those are built to like bring people entice. in or entice. This is the first brand that I've had that I think this is their hook. And I applaud them for it because I think what they did, and you guys, Old Elk, you can tell me. Call I think up. they did Let it on know. purpose to cast a very large net mm-hmm. at an attractive price, knowing that once people got this, they would start to move up in their line. Because so for that's, 40 why, bucks, that's why my first rating is a two. No, I, and, right? and, and to add to yours, you're, you're spot on, at least in that realm of yeah. business, because if I see a $40 bottle of Jack Daniels and I see a 40 bottle of Old Elk, I'm going to go for the Old Elk. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you can do the little All right, the so trunk, whatever. My other rating yeah. on this one, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out what I want to compare it to. I'm at about... Like a four or five, mm-hmm. I would say. Wow, I'm the I'm Yeah, but again, it's your flavor profile, right? You're yeah. not a sweet that's not where you where mm-hmm. you've gone in any of the ratings, right? If it's sweet, you tend to rate higher than both of us. And I still say I'm in between both of you guys as far as my flavor profile. I like it. The I think the the droplets added something that wasn't yeah. there five minutes beforehand. Mm-hmm. Without the water though, I'm probably at a five. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I think the water allowed the alcohol to separate which gave it a little bit more complexity yeah so four four and a half it filtered out the flavors two for marketing because i think i know what you guys are doing and (laughs) i think it's genius forty dollars i like it it's a great bourbon for 40 bucks well ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for joining us on another weekly wait i'm not done rating this (laughs) 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 i've real estate i'm sorry Remember, guys, you can find us on YouTube at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective. We don't just do this podcast. We have community spotlights, new build home tours, all that kind of stuff coming up for you. Um, And at any point in time, please feel free to reach out to us. The number, the email goes to all of us, um, and we'd love to talk to you. You can reach out to us via email at resotr at themilehighperspective.com or give us a ring. 303-578-0263. And all of us will be more than happy to talk with you. Thank you guys for going on the journey with us and exploring all Old Elk has to offer. They do have a couple Thank more you, bottles. Um, but, yeah, 
thank you so much, Old Elk, for for letting us review and yep. being a being a sponsor and and a, and a partner in this. We appreciate you. But guys, have a great week. Start to prepare. We'll catch you later. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for the weekly video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective.